You're listening to Leading in the City, brought to you by Lead NYC. To share with you that the gospel moves. Somebody say that? The gospel moves. And I want to remind you that as we go back to the city, as we go back to our ministry context, as we go back to the missional places where the Lord has established us, you are not to take all of this fellowship, all of this theology, all of this deconstruction and put it in your pocket and act like nothing happened at all over the last two days. The worst thing we could do was go to the mountaintop and then go back to the assignment within the valley and leave the tools all up the mountain. Leave the fellowship and the community up on the mountain. Uh, this was so refreshing for me just to laugh. Just to laugh. Am I talking to any senior pastors? Just to be able to let my hair down and not worry about how you're looking at me, how you're processing my theology, how you're engaging me, to take off the mask. Maybe it's just me, Dr. Cho, that has a mask. But times like this are precious, and they're too few. And we need many, many, many more of these. I wanted to reflect, and I can, if I can go into the text just for a little bit, the gospel moving through the Apostle Paul. Uh, forgive me, I still believe in the text. I still believe that the Word of God is transformative, redemptive, uh, and if there is nobody to explain it, the Spirit of God through the Word can still touch the hardest of hearts. Now, when they had passed through Acts chapter 17, starting at verse 1, I'm reading from the real Word of God, the ESV. <laughs> For you came for all you King James heads in the in the <laughs> Acts 17, starting at verse 1. Just a translation. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, or Thessalonica, if you're reformed, where there was <laughs> where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, and as was his custom, somebody say, as was his custom. Come on, wake up, as was his custom. What's your custom? What's your custom? What's your rhythm? I'm not talking about your ecclesiology. What is it that you do? Who are you when you leave this space and you go back to life? As was his custom, Paul, the minister of diversity for the first century, Paul went in, as was his custom, on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. He explained and proved that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and said, this Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. I have a friend, missiologist Dr. Alan Hirsch, dear friend, coach, mentor. And he says to us uh, when he's ever lecturing at the Reformed Theological Seminary or at City to City and Incubator, he'll say, when you look at the text, have soft eyes. When you look at the text, have eyes that can see every character, hear the voice of the author, look at the historical social context, and then all that together paints a picture. We call that exegesis. To pull out the truth, the whole truth. Not the truth that you're looking for, but the whole truth within the text. Come on. You know how some of us do. We choose selective hermeneutic, eisegetical, not exegetical at times, right, just to get a point, to move or to sway somebody. Al says, have soft eyes. And then he would go on to say, how's the spirit moving? When you look at this text, you see that the gospel through Paul and Silas even transcends social context and status quo. Because who's in the room? Jews are in the room. 
Greeks are in the room. Free men are in the room. Slaves are in the room. Different diverse cultures are in this small synagogue. The synagogue maybe wasn't half the size of this room. Yet the gospel through Paul met every single person right where they were at all at the same time. Even women who were there, there was more than a few, responded to the news, responded to the testimony, responded to the power of the gospel. And they were swayed and they joined Paul and Silas. I love verse 5. And I hope that everybody has a verse 5 when they go back home. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them, and they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. When was the last time somebody got disturbed at a word you preached? When was the last time there was an interruption of the status quo and a mob formed outside your Bible study? We're not talking about a Louis Palau Association gathering in Central Park. We're not talking about Billy Graham Association. We're not talking about Adam preaching. We're talking about a small Bible study, and outside, because of what God was doing on the inside, the outside was interrupted. The city had to pay attention. The systems and the powers and the authorities had to stand at attention and now confront what was happening in this synagogue. Brothers, I would say to you, pastors, I would say to you, when you're under the grace of God and you're fulfilling the destiny call that God has for you, you don't have to look for the devil. The devil's going to look for you. Start preaching the good news. Start calling down systems and structures. Start calling out those things that have been festering and growing in the dark within our city and watch certain things pop up in front of you that you've got to confront in the name that is above every name. He turns around and it says, that, and the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. You have been called by God. You did not call yourself. The gifts that you have benefited from in your preaching, teaching, charismatic, singing, worship, whatever it is, have been given to you and deposited within you by God himself. You are not like everybody else. The gospel moves, and it should be moving through you if you are a servant of the king of kings. Your assignment is not to acquiesce into the status quo. Your assignment is to disrupt the darkness in your city. Your assignment is to preach to those things that have held back others and kept them in margin space, to speak truth to power, to dismantle and to deconstruct that which has been established by evil principalities, powers, and wickedness in high places. We spend way too much time fighting with each other. We spend way too much time hating on each other. We spend way too much time trying to compete with each other, especially in a city like New York. Not one church can do it. Not one church can do it. We need each other. The gospel moves. And you've been called by God himself to be part of that movement. It's my hopes that you would be disturbed at what you see and you go back to. 
It's my hopes that you will have a thirst that is unquenchable when it comes to seeing people come out of the darkness and into the light of Christ. City to city, we have about 400 churches within our ecosystem that we do life with. We train, we coach, we develop how to be healthy missional churches. And with all of this stuff happening with COVID, you know, something happened that was miraculous. But we had pastors who were losing half their church through the exodus in, in Center City in Manhattan. But we had some churches on the margins shutting down because they couldn't adopt to the lack of a technological resource. But we had some people just give up and lose hope, and that ministry's gone forever. There were 21 pastors, 21 planters that had the gall, had the nerve, had the audacity to believe God and still plant churches in New York City. Still plant churches in New York City. When everybody else is thinking about how can they save their budget, these guys are talking about how can we expand the kingdom of God. When everybody else is talking about, I don't know if we're going to stay because, you know, we're the epicenter. They're saying, this is where God has called us for such a time as this. Just in Queens, we have Bishop Lorenzo with us, a festering network of Latino churches. Just that one network has now gone international. We have another one being planted, Peter Ong. Another network on the other side of Queens. We've got missional movement happening in Staten Island like we've never heard of before. We've got networks that are popping up, and because they couldn't gather, because, you know, it used to be that we had to gather to do baptisms, people are now gathering in their homes. People are now gathering in projects. And while there is no baptistry, they're taking people into their houses and baptizing them in their bathtubs. Somebody say, Solideo Gloria in the bathtub because they can't get to the church building. So what they did, they brought the kingdom of God home and their apartment, apartment 343H, this is a church service. The gospel moves. It transcends social context. It puts feet on the church, prophetic feet. Oftentimes the feet that the gospel puts on the church takes the church to places the church didn't want to go intentionally strategically, but because it's not our show, because it's not about us, please do not go back thinking it's about you. Go back refreshed. Go back engaged. Go back with an expectancy to see God move. But move. Move. You get out of the way and let the gospel move and transform your church and transform your community and transform your life. This is the word of the Lord. And if you can receive it, say amen. You've been listening to Leading in the City, brought to you by Lead NYC. Tune in next time and join us on the web at lead.nyc.